we talked to Dave Darlin, the sprint car driver, and he, I spoke. I talked like asked four or five questions. And he didn't hear nothing I asked. Well, all the crap you talk about sprint cars, I couldn't let you. Them sprint cars get down though. Heck yeah, they do. I like the late models though. I'm a late model guy, <laughs> but those sprint cars do get down. He halfway likes the push and flips. <laughs> Gator calls them uh, tumble buggies. Yeah. Tumble buggies, yeah. Oh, Gator, Gator, me and Gator got some stories for you with each oh other. Oh, my gosh. Gator <laughs> has stories with about anybody at oh, Southtown. Yeah. I'm from that dirt, 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 Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that. Dirt, 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 I miss that. Dirt, 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 gotta get back to it. I've been the Kenny Wallace of the rap game. Ever since I hit him with that dirt track thing. Now nationwide, everybody knows my name. They're like, mama, that's Kenny Montgomery. He sings that song we like. Yeah, boy, that's me. Roll out the trailer, I'm flossing. Huh. Them Hoosier tires glossing. Yeah. Them cold kind, we're tossing. Right. They know I came to wreck it, yet I rarely bring out a caution. Get I hit the high side, boy, I park it for Brian Clausen. Huh. Welcome to Throttled Up the Podcast. Often imitated, never duplicated. Your weekly home for the best in motorsports coverage. Even your grandpa talking about, man, that boy too cold. That's right. And welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast. And uh, Matt, we've been doing this, I think we just said four weeks. We've been back live in studio every week. Um, Got a new one tonight, though. Yeah. We are, uh, well, not just the guest. We are live for the first time on ThirstyGoatRadio.com. That's awesome. So not only live on Facebook, live on Twitter, live on Twitch, live on YouTube, but also live audio on ThirstyGoatRadio.com. Hey, I sent my resume in to be a guest DJ on Thirsty Goat Radio. Did you? Yeah. I'm sure you you threw it in the trash, but... Oh, absolutely not. No, we got you, brother. We'll get you hooked up. (laughs) We're we're ready. I'm I'm ready to do that too, man. I'm kind of excited. Yeah. So we're... uh, I was... I I logged on earlier and was playing a little uh, Framing the Red um, and a little Anything But Human, so... Had to get, get my fix in earlier, but but I, I dig the framing the red. That's pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah, great band. Go ahead, introduce our, our also our new guest that we've got in studio with us. With us tonight, a P three uh, Graphics Indiana Pro late model driver in the twenty eighty. It's going to be Alan Edsel. Alan, good, glad to have you here. Thanks for having me, guys. And Alan, I I don't know how much you've got a chance to watch this show, but we um, this is the question I ask every driver to come on here and. And I'm sure there's some people out there that get tired of this being the first question, but I love it because I get more stories out of this question than anything because this whole racing deal is an addiction and it mm. drives us all crazy and and it's a love-hate, but how in the heck did you end up this becoming your addiction as being at the racetrack? You know, I mean... I could see why that's a solid question, you know, because there's a lot of talk about right there. But uh, so I, I grew up playing football my whole life, and uh, you know, you know, playing football, a lot of head-on-head contact, and you start getting injuries and stuff. And the older I got, I started to kind of mess with me and uh, started to get, you know, concussions. And Dad was like, "Hey, you know, let's try to get away from the, you know, the football." uh the hard contact stuff and let's try to get into some racing because dad that's all he did growing up was racing and i was like yeah let's try it so uh we uh he went down and he bought a uh bandolero and uh we started off there started practicing and started slowly racing and uh so that that's pretty much it football injuries kind of turned into a racing career now the people listen might not know what a bandolero is. You want to kind of explain to him what kind of race car that is. So, a bandolero. Oh, I thought he was playing in one of them bands that play at the Mexican restaurants. No, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, bandoleros. So it's like a, uh, it's it's a beginner class. You got, uh, they got I think 
three different classes in the bandolero. There's like beginner bandit, which is like people have never raced. And then you got your bandit class, which is pretty a little bit more advanced than your basic, you know, beginner. And then you got your outlaw class, which is your older kids that, you know, got some wins underneath their belt and they're a little older and stuff. But it's like a uh, it's like a go kart with suspension on the back half. It was a little Briggs and Stratton motor. Uh, had like a like a Lamborghini type body on oh, it. Really? You know, it, it, they're pretty cool. You get in from the roof, but they're low center of gravity, and you know, uh, just the suspension in the rear. And then you got it. It's basically just like a go kart, you know, just with the full cage on top. You mm-hmm. know, a little safer. But that's what I started out in. Full. Uh, it had a full fiberglass body on it. I got a picture. I'll show you guys. Okay. But, uh, yeah, that's what I started out in. Now, did you race circle track with that or road course? or? Yeah, that's that's all uh, we – well, that's all I first ever did was uh, asphalt circle tracks and uh, just small little, you know, five-eighths, quarter miles. Hmm. But that's where I came from, you know. So after the Bandolero, where do you go from there? So after the – that's the cool thing about what, you know, like U.S. Legend Cars has set up is uh, – you kind of start off in the bandolero and then you move up to a legends car which i'm sure you guys know what a legend well that car i was gonna is. say you've that's the route the, the bush brothers took i know kurt and kyle both drove up through that yeah the so like and the uh man like uh a lot of cup guys they like bubba wallace yeah there's mm-hmm. a thing called the summer shootout he he raced down there a couple times in charlotte but you it's weird with the legend car because you can kind of start but you could also just stay in a legend car and race it forever because they're just they're just so small, fun, something you could take to the track by yourself and you know run yourself and have a good time because they're so small. They're not they're not very pricey. Uh, you could race them anywhere: dirt, asphalt, uh, road course, anything you want. There's different tires. Now, when you move up to the legend, that that was like a motorcycle engine, right? Did yeah. You- so they back whenever i started they ran on just little federal tires directional um and then they had a uh 1200 uh uh cc yamaha motor so it was just in like your basic motorcycles and stuff but now they just came out with the it's called an fz09 and uh it's water cooled and fuel injected oh wow yeah wow pretty cool hand clutch you had to like shift no it's actually a foot clutch oh really yeah which pretty is pretty awesome. cool. I just watched those. Uh, there was a Salem Speedway hosted the Legends down there on their small track in the infield, and uh, I bet they had twelve or fifteen of them mm-hmm. Saturday. And it was oh really? Yeah, it was a it was a great race. It was I've cool been there to watch at Salem. It. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, so I I love those. It's I think it's a great class, whether dirt or asphalt, that you do get a good mix mm-hmm. of beginners and some experienced guys, and usually it's good racing in those. Yeah, so like you said, with the the different varieties, so I think they got uh they got young line, semi pro, pro and master. So your master uh, is like people that are I think fifty and older, just like the older crew, you know. That'd be you. Yeah, I'd be I'd be a master. <laughs> yeah, well, you'd be in the master class. Yeah, and then you got your pros, which are like the kids that are you know top of the nation that you know are pretty pretty stout you know then you got your semi-pro which is i think i think it's like 16 and older um so you got to be semi-pro and you i think you got to work your way up to pro i don't know with wins or something something there's some type of something there and then you got your young lions which is your beginners and mm-hmm. where your kids start so they're not sending everybody out on the track it's like level so there's not a bunch of wrecks and better racing very cool so out of the legend car then did we go to dirt from the legend car so there's like a little gap in there you know what we were talking about with the open wheel stuff yeah um so don and mel kenyon i don't know if you know oh, yeah. them uh super great guys man they're they got a they got a program that it's, it's really hard to be uh tony stewart jeff gordon they've mm-hmm. all ran you know a kenyon car that's yeah what, that's mm-hmm. what they call them so i uh don and mel gave me a, a nice opportunity to let me drive one of their Kenyan cars um so i raced i think i only had about 12 or 13 races in a Kenyan car but that's where we kind of dabbled into the dirt i had two dirt races in a, a Kenyan midget 
that's where it kind of started. So how was the jump from asphalt to dirt? Like with the two races, you know, you had <laughs> eleven on asphalt, and I'm saying, "Hey, guy, you're gonna jump in here." Dude, these two. that is, I mean, it's like, it's, I mean, it's, it's just, it's like flipping your world upside down. I oh, mean, really? it's complete opposites. You drive totally different. The cars, the, the only thing that's the same is the chassis. You know, you change your suspension, your tires, everything, and it's just, it was like a, it was just another experience for me. You know, it was like, it's like, wow, you know, this is pretty cool. It's hard, you know. That's what I thought. It was really difficult, you know, coming from asphalt to dirt. But, but it was, did it interest you enough? Is that why you was like, let's let's switch to dirt? Or? Man, it, it hooked me. Did it really? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I mean, it, it hooked me serious after that. That's all I could think about is getting back on dirt and something, you know, just racing dirt. Right. I don't know. Now, I know obviously we talked earlier about the, the Speedrome in Indy and, and what all the Speedrome is and amazing facility. Did you ever get in on the figure eight racing up there? No, man. I... I was always too young, but dad actually, he, we ended up buying a figure eight car and, uh, we raced it for about, I think a year and just being there, you know, kind of in it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really crazy. Oh, you know? it's insane. Just the, the big races and, you know, just watching dad out there, just standing there by the fence, your heart just, I mean, it's probably one of the coolest things to watch ever. That's what, if people have never seen it, like, like the really good ones, like the three hour Enduro, the world championship, if you've never watched real good figure eight racing, you don't know what you're missing because it's, it's insane. It's hard the to talent. It, I mean, it's. <sighs> Brownstown had a figure eight when I was a kid. They would race special races on it. On the dirt? Really? No yeah. Yeah. It was cut right in the infield. I didn't know yeah, that. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> that's yeah, obviously it was flat, but yeah. There, when I was a kid, Brownstown wasn't banked at all. I mean, it was a flat racetrack. That's what yeah, Gator was saying. Yeah, that. it was flat, but they actually cut the uh, the X that's, was cut in the infield. You, they they like three or four times a year would run figure eight races there. That's wild. That's wild. <laughs> I can only imagine watching a figure eight at Brownstown. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. That's yeah. that's. I learned something tonight, but uh, I actually probably have some old programs that have where you can see the figure eight cut in it. Oh, that's know. cool. Yeah. Did they not have the wall around it or anything? Well, you know, the wall, you had the front stretch wall always, but the back stretch used to be like a piece of K rail, like oh really guardrail you had on the interstate. That was all the back stretch used to be with big tall telephone poles. I could only imagine just staying straight, <laughs> you know. But it was very, very a lot flatter than it is now. I mean, it, you could go all the way to the front stretch wall. And not drop off like you do now. That's huh. how flat. So when they start the banking, do you know? Uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, maybe. Probably. It yeah. just added to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 well, been it's been steeper than it is now. I was going to say, it slowly grew kind of year after year, yeah. but the last couple they've cut. They've cut they've Probably cut a foot down. and a half, two foot off the top of it. Just for better racing, you know? We were getting too fast. Yeah. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. It, the fair board actually went to Jim and told him to cut to cut the top cut of the track down. down we were getting too fast yeah and yeah and when they were going over it it was you know that the risk and reward on the top of brownstown <laughs> yeah. so yep. when it was really banked there was a whole lot more risk there so i can only <laughs> thinking more i mean just it being banked more i can only imagine yeah. what it like you know because it's pretty you know if you go over you you feel <laughs> you, it you, yeah you know, you know it <laughs> So you you get this dirt bug, like you you said, you know you you couldn't think of anything else but getting back on dirt. So how do you how do you go from that transition of the Kenyan midget to full time dirt? Man, so this is this is where it gets kind of funny. So after the Kenyan, I kind of just we messed around with the Legend car again. We raced it for a few years, uh, but man, we were like. We just need to do something. This was this was after the figure eight, and we after the Kenyan, we just kind of I don't know. We didn't take racing as serious, but we still were just using it as fun. And Dad was like, "Man, I just want to do something different. Let's do something different." You know what? What would you like to get? I was like, you know, I've always liked the modifieds, watching them. So we wound up getting a modified, a mod, yeah. Wow, we uh, some some guy from our hometown. He had one just sitting there, and uh, we ended up buying it. And uh, 
we uh we tested it a few times but this is where it gets kind of funny <laughs> so i tested it out at brownstown probably two or three times and the uh big stacker was there you know looked like a big time guy and uh gator gator came aboard and that's when he started helping us out was with the modified because we come from asphalt man we don't right. know nothing so dad searched around and uh we got a hold of gator so gator started helping us and well, you uh, got you a good one there he yeah oh, he's been everywhere we, man yeah, gator gator's tough when it comes to the dirt racing I oh mean, yeah I, I haven't seen somebody so passionate about it you know he's yeah he's he just that's all he wants he wants to race and he wants he just wants everybody to do good you know yeah. he he drops every, man if you come over and see like gator man i I, I'm pushing so bad or, you know, I, I have no drive. He will drop what he's doing and go over there and look at your car and try to help you. Yeah. I mean, that's just how Gator is. Yeah, he's a great guy. And and has worked with some of the absolute Everybody. best. Yeah. Yeah. At the Gator, highest level. Yep. I mean, he's – everybody I've seen him help, he's made better mm -hmm. or faster. Yeah. Or I have no argument with that. Made him win. But, so, we're out testing. I mean, I'm – horrible in this mod i'm spinning out i can't i i don't know how to drive it i'm learning and uh i i spin out and kill the car this is like the third or fourth time i've spun out and i'm just sitting there waiting for a push and uh we didn't have a four-wheeler or anything so this big time stacker guy you know with the big toter and stuff he comes out and this is where Chad Stapleton, this is where I meet him at. Yeah. This oh is where boy. it all just starts going yeah, crazy. <laughs> Total chaos. Yeah, well, we know Chad. Yeah, Chad. So he's, you know how he talks to you, you know. He's, Junior, you know, this is how you need, you need to squeeze that brake. You need to do this. You need to do that. That's how you need to drive it. And I'm like, all right. And he goes, Junior. That's what he calls me, Junior. And he goes, if you do good, in, you know, in this next couple of practices, I'll let you drive my super late model. I was like, you're playing around with me, dude. Get out of my face. No, he's not. No, he wasn't playing. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. Well, I wound up doing good in the next practice and uh, kind of get a good feel for the car. And he's like, all right, you going to get in it? And I was like, you know, you're actually being serious. And he was like, yeah. And he was like, but now see, you're going to get in this thing. You're not going to want that modified no more. <laughs> I was like, man, shut up. Let me drive this car. So he, I go out there and I'm burning it up in his freaking super and he was right oh man it, <laughs> it, it killed me man i was like oh, we got it we got to get a late model now. he felt wide <laughs> tires behind him and oh, he yeah. thought yeah and that big old motor man it was over <laughs> it was over i still i still remember the day after driving that super it was like it was like man you know it's like a i, I don't know it's it's hard to explain the feeling you know of just the the want and the the man i just want to do that again that that feeling mm -hmm. now you guys bought a car off chad right yeah so yeah. that's how the ball started getting so he was selling his crate car and stuff and uh oh it, he, he 31 auto sales right there worked it right in <laughs> let me get yeah. you in this super. he's a car salesman you're going to want a late model and hey i can help you out yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> so he kind of put the bug in my ear and uh we ended up getting that that crate car and uh that's actually my personal car now dad actually started out driving it dad started driving the 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 chad stapleton crate car and uh i we wound up finding the man uh blue gray dirt cheap we had a super motor in it and uh that's what we ended up buying we took the motor out put a crate car motor in that's what we went racing in me and dad well, let's take our first break here real quick uh, to get our sponsors out there, and we'll be right back with Indiana Pro Late Model driver Alan Edsel. Race Clean Products is the cleanest brand in motorsports. No matter if you're using the original or the all-new Fast Hands formula, you are guaranteed to keep your hands clean under the most intense racing situations. The original or blue formula is perfect to keep at the sink in your race shop and will ensure that you won't come home covered <laughs> in grease and grime. But for those unavoidable messes at the track yourself. and you don't have time for a sink and water, be sure to have a bottle of Fast Hands in your trailer. Pretty crazy. It could though, be your most started. important tip. Race Clean I, products can be found at www.goracecleaning.com. <laughs> Stickered up and everything. Dirt to Media I'm continues to expand its coverage of local racing for race fans. 
They've expanded to over 70 live events for the 2021 <laughs> racing season. Yeah, it's the live event schedule life. includes live weekly racing you from Brownstown Speedway, Salem Speedway, and Thunder Valley. No. VIP members can still Him get all Gator their on-demand like, racing coverage the next day for one monthly fee. Life, and their monthly fee also oh, yeah. includes live so, racing action good each or week bad. from Thunder Good Valley or bad, Raceway. yeah. You, you In just addition never know. to all of this I local swear, action, be on the lookout it's, it's for special events from regional tracks around <laughs> yeah, the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you aren't getting your racing action from Dirt2Media.tv, you're missing out on the best coverage in the Midwest. That's the only way I can explain it. Gilpin Electric and Generator Services is a customer-first company that takes care of all your electric and generator needs. They're your go-to dealer, installer, and generator service company. Don't be stuck without power during severe weather this year. Contact Gilpin Electric and Generator Services on Facebook or call them at 812-953-1261. We've all heard horror stories about insurance companies and insurance agents. Let me tell you about my family's agent, Tommy Taylor. Tommy is an agent at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance and is a multi-line agent that can keep all your insurance in one place. Why is a dedicated agent so important? When you have the unexpected occur, you'd much rather know the person on the other end of the phone. Contact info for Tommy, 812-372-4483 at extension 2447, or look him up on Facebook at Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Don't be another horror story. Stop knocking on wood and relying on a 1-800 number. Trust Tommy Taylor today. All right, and we're back here live with Alan Etzel of the Indiana Pro Late Models. And, uh, Alan, when we took off there, we were talking the story, kind of how you ended up in this. And the one thing you you didn't say when we were live on air, but you did off air, was not only did you have the modified, you were planning on racing it that weekend. It was fully lettered, ready to go. And it was Chad Stapleton that just turned your world upside down. Yes, it was. He, uh, (laughs) you know... You know how he is. He oh, just yeah. gives you deals you can't resist, and that's what ended up happening. I mean, I'm telling you, we had, we just got the the mod lettered up. I'm pretty sure we had tires ready, buff, wrapped, everything. I mean, it was ready to go, and that's just how it happened. So where'd the modified go? I, I got yeah. So, man, <laughs> we went to dirt from you know our hometown back at Speedrome, and everybody just kind of like. They wanted to go dirt too, so it wasn't it wasn't nothing to get rid of a dirt car down there because all these guys saw how much fun we were having down here at the dirt track and how, you know, it wasn't so drama and it was just more racing and a lot more fun, and we ended up selling it to uh, our buddy Jack Dawsey. He ended up buying the modified wow. and he act, he races he races it up at Circle City all the time really oh, and uh yeah he's he's really i mean he's doing really good in the modified and there it was a it was an lg2 i think somebody said they're built by jimmy owens or something yeah yep yep and uh it was a really nice car really nice mod uh had a i mean it is brand new the guy we bought it from he uh i think he said he was a bookkeeper for some type of law firm or something huh. he never had time to race really so he just he sold everything he had to do with racing. Sold it to us, dirt cheap. We got like a tire rack, tire buffer. We got a everything we need to go dirt racing. So it was easy to just get rid of the modified and come. Still have all the stuff that still you needed. Have, yeah. Very cool. But <laughs> that's how it all happened. It's not, I mean, I'm. that's the God's honest truth, too. I mean, I. <laughs> that's what happened. So- Chad's a way better car salesman than we ever gave him credit for. You know, I, I agree. I think I'm going to have to, next time I see him, I'm going to have to back up a little bit because he, uh, yeah. he worked that deal really good. I'm yeah. surprised he didn't sell you a water truck, too. He's been known to drive the water truck around Brownstown. <laughs> Many times. Uh, sometimes forgetting where he parked it. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole other issue. But so, <laughs> so you end up in this, you end up going and buying this crate and, and you jump in the late models and what was that transition like obviously you'd been in the super but now you're gonna you're gonna do this you know for the regular so the only big motor experience i've ever had was just testing the modified and whatever that test session was in chad's right. car so i i literally had no laps in, with a big motor and i mean some people don't consider a crate motor a big motor but coming when you're from bandoleros and midgets yeah and coming from cars. little motorcycle motors to something big and an actual full-size car i mean it was just it was un, un i mean you you can't describe it it was just the it's like restarting 
you know, and I've really liked it so far, you know. Do you have plans to move up to a super? Are you going to run in the crates for a while or? I'm going to, you know, I'm going to run a, in the crates a good while. I'm, I want to run both, honestly. That'd be cool. Mainly supers because, you know, that's just how I am. I like to, but I also, you know, that little bug in your ear, you just want to go race a super, you know, big motor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You want to go race with the big time guys. And, you know, my dream is to, you know, be some type of racing name or, you know, race full time for somebody and do something with, you know, my racing career. But if nothing ever happens or comes about that, I would love to even just race a crate car, just race something every week, you know, something to have fun, you know. I, I can't believe we didn't ask this yet, but how old are you? Uh, I just turned 18 in March. Oh, you got plenty of time, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, uh, and, and, you know, to, to throw something out there, you know, and with all this, but we've talked a little bit about Circle City, and I and I failed. I told you before we went on air, meant to have it here. But when we were up there with the Indiana Pro Late Models at Circle City, um, thank shout out to Royal Purple Performance Products and everything they do for us at uh, Brownstown at Thirsty Goat Entertainment and supporting everything, but we give out the Quick Time Award yeah. and we did qualify at Circle City and our and our Fast Time Award winner was Alan Etzel. Um, now Ryan and I were completely unprepared and had no plaques, no signs, no oil. Well, most of the time, the when we ILMS travel, we travel, don't ever no qualify, so we had yeah. nothing. So I meant to bring it here tonight to present to him and and forgot it in the trailer. Uh, but I do want to say congratulations, man. And I, I want to say this too. That was cool. Um, you know, we've had a lot of different guys win the quick time award. Uh, but to see now kind of two of you asphalt speed drum guys that have come over to dirt with Jesse Tunney winning it one yeah. weekend at, uh, Brownstown and you picking up the quick time there at circle city. That's a pretty cool deal because that's what excites me about circle city is it, seems to continue to drag some of these asphalt guys over to some dirt stuff with us you i mean you don't you don't even know the 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 beginning to how many people want to you know jump in a late model or a modified or something you really don't know i mean it's just going to grow and grow and grow from the asphalt side to the dirt and you know getting fast time in front of my hometown down there it was pretty cool you know i probably you know, it'd be nice to get it at Brownstown because the competition's pretty stiff. I mean, it's it's stiff down there, but you know, to get it at Circle City and a new track, that was my first time. I mean, that was my I don't I don't remember if we hot lapped before or if that was just straight qualifying. I don't remember did, either. Did you guys hot lap qualify like we do at Brownstown? Yeah, I think at Circle I City think we did. So, yeah. But I, I don't remember the first time. I don't know if the first time nobody got on the track yeah the first time yeah, we just packed it was rained out yeah. yeah it was soup so that was yeah yeah so so how'd you get introduced if i wasn't there for the quick time award we didn't get to go down and do it oh i just knew who it was because so no one introduced you or nothing no i didn't announce and introduce myself um so i i just know i noticed that we were qualifying obviously and being up there in the booth i could see the times and i knew alan was it so i Ryan took care of it and went down there and said, "Yeah, we totally failed. We didn't bring anything up here, so we weren't prepared at all, other than just to come up there and have a good time." Well, so. you got put in behind the eight ball. You had to do my job anyway, so that set you off on everything else. Yeah, yeah. I, well, when you're when you're under talented in those well, <laughs> positions, I wouldn't say that man. Uh, it it definitely does. But but Alan, so you know, we talk about that, and, and I don't want it to sound like obviously we're dirt guys at heart, but obviously i love asphalt racing too Me and too. we we get the opportunity to to broadcast at salem speedway and you know like i said if you've never seen the the uh, world figure eights at at speedrome um you need to go youtube after the show and check it out but it there is something special about the dirt and i think it is that fact that it's there's so many small town dirt tracks all across the country that that blow up on friday and saturday nights and it's just there's something different about it well really it, it all came from there oh absolutely you know, you know asphalt came from dirt so it was you know it's yeah that is where it all started you know and you, so you're kind of going back to the the grassroots of racing when you go to the dirt track so the um the decision to run weekly at brownstown is that because of kind of the connection with chad or what what drew you to brownstown speedway uh, so what drew us from 
you know, to Brownstown is the competition for one. And two, Gator says, you know, and I mean, he, I mean, to be good, you got to run where the good people run. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's, oh, yeah. that's how I was taught. And that's what Gator says. And nobody wants to race on a horrible track every week. We want to go race on a good track with, you know, good competition. And I mean, if you want to go race somewhere nice weekly and have great competition, Brownstown is your track. I mean, I I really haven't seen a nicer track. Well, we appreciate than Brownstown. that. I really haven't. And the facility, the way it's ran, everything, everything's so organized. Which nine times out of ten, you don't get out another racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't see the hidden chaos that we have up in the tower in between the races. Imagine. You know, so it's. Uh, <laughs> He's been up there. He can testify. Oh, I've, yes. It I, looks calm out there, but it's not in the tower. So <laughs> No, no. It's not in the broadcast either. Because, yeah. uh, but, well, we appreciate that, like yeah. like I said. And, and you know, we, we say it on here a lot. And I know that Jim Price, promoter at Brownstown, catches a lot of flack for things. And, you know, and I'd say it to Jim, deservedly so on some, but a lot of them undeserved. And you're exactly right. I think sometimes people who only race at Brownstown get jaded and forget how great of a facility competition track it is to get a chance to race at man they it's it's hard to you know be at the ranks of brownstown i mean it really is now see i'm just your local small time racer i haven't been to all the big time racetracks so i wouldn't know but brownstown's always going to hold a special that's awesome see it does me too and i've never raced there but i started going there at five and it's like exactly that, that's my track you that, know, that's, that was the first ever dirt track i've ever been to that's the first ever dirt track i've ever turned laps on right you know so it did you find it odd that it didn't have a wall all the way around it that you know that's another thing that draws you to brownstown is new guys they don't want to go somewhere with a wall all the way around it <laughs> so you we tear up a lot of stuff <laughs> that way yeah so that was another thing that gator said he goes you know we got to go test somewhere without yeah, a wall it's forgiving you know yeah very forgiving but it you know bites you in the butt too you know if you don't oh yeah now the uke tires at the bottom if you ask steve pete and zach burton they aren't very forgiving man i've trust me i know i've hit them back to back <laughs> nights i really have i've knocked noses off i've ran them over I, i'm serious they, T- tucker shastain has a love-hate relationship with him too yeah. he runs so close to him in super stocks so they are they will reach out and kiss you they will you too <laughs> when you hit them you hit them good oh yeah <laughs> there's no doubt about that so looking at that competition you talk about the competition there at brownstown who are some of those guys that you love competing with in this indiana pro late model class man the burton brothers you know austin bryce they're awesome kids i really like them they the younger you know the younger crowd they've always drawn me you know and we've talked and you know we've hung out but you know they're they're nice to race with zach you know he's a very good racer mm-hmm. you know steve peden i really haven't been driven dirty by any guys out there you know in we this made, class we that you really won't yeah we made that comment a couple of weeks ago that uh they race hard and you know they'll race you door to door and race you clean i've never i've never had a bad experience with a racer out there i really haven't i mean there's been you know contact on the track but that most of it's racing and you and know. that's the whole thing. And I think that group, not only, yes, they will race you hard and there's racing incidents that happen, but I think not only are they not dirty, they also, on the flip side, they understand. Sometimes you're going to get underneath a guy and you're going to get loose. And yeah. it there's not that I'm immediately at your trailer ready to whip you. I get it. It's a racing deal. We'll we'll get back. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great class. And when you start talking about some of those, I know, like, like you said, you know, the Steve Pedens, the Tyler Neals. Um, obviously, right now, unless your name's Steve Peden, Tyler Neal, Raymond Humphrey, or Shelby Miles, you haven't seen Victory Lane in the Indiana Pro Late Models. Nope. So, um, and really, no disrespect whatsoever to Shelby or Raymond, but Peden and Miles right now are, or Peden and Neal right now are kind of in a class by, mm-hmm. by themselves. Man, it when you beat them guys you're doing something because they're they're tough oh yeah they they definitely got something figured out that we don't but you know that's where we teams like us you know we knuckle down we come back every week to beat those guys you know it's not it's not one guy killing everybody it's you know they switch back and forth (laughs) and i mean there's like uh tyler collins yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. he gets up there and he runs just with them guys i mean 
You know, you don't know who's going to win weekly. Uh, shout out to him also for winning yes. his, his grandpa's race at Twin Cities last Saturday night, uh, the yeah. Ted Collins Memorial. So glad Tyler won that. Very, very cool. And if you've not seen the video of him getting out of the car, just the emotion that he had right yes. there. And, yeah. uh, and as he said, Tripp's first uh, trip to uh, Victory, Victory Lane, Lane there. Uh, yeah. So very, very cool. Yes, thank yeah. you for, for shouting that out. But, you know, what do you think the biggest thing you have learned in your time here in the late model? What, what's the, what, where do you see your most growth or, or learning that you've had? The finesse, the hitting your marks, you know, every single time on that racetrack, the, the reading the track. You know, the big, the big thing coming from asphalt is you, got, you, got, you usually got one lane, and, you know, you hit that mark every single time. Now, see, dirt. It, it might work around the bottom first 10 15 laps but it might move up to the middle it might be around the top and then your marks change you know so you just you you literally got to watch the track and the field and another thing that i've learned is you know watching your crew your sticks you know watching your guys where are they telling you to go what, what are they telling you to do you know it's 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 not as easy as what people think to just look at somebody while they're on the mm -hmm. track because you're usually focused on something right but that's i mean it's it's definitely not credited enough you know with the racing on there's probably a lot of people though sitting that's sitting in the stands thinking okay it's a bumpy old dirt track and you're talking about finesse yeah but i mean you you really got to have that don't you man especially on them rough race tracks those rough race tracks is what you know you got to keep your your driving you know right there you know it's just so finesse you got to hit your marks every single time or like you're just going to get passed was that something that surprised you coming from those smaller engine cars did you i mean would you have thought that i got enough motor now that i can motor out of some of these mistakes yeah kind of but with the crates it's hard to you know throttle out of yeah. something that's, it's almost like it's, running a go-kart or yeah, a bandolero momentum. because you gotta yeah you gotta keep that momentum up with that's that. one of the big things like Joe Gotzi taught me, you know, he's always helped me out a bunch with, yeah. you know, my driving. But he, uh, he's real big on finesse and, you know, mm -hmm. watching your throttle, controlling your braking. You get up in those supers, I mean, you, you got enough motor that you can drive mm -hmm. out of some stuff. Mm -hmm. But in a, in a crate, you almost have to keep, you know, that this that constant, constant motion going forward. Yeah. Especially with that motor, you got to keep your momentum up. That's a huge thing in the crate cars what are some of the goals that you've kind of set for yourself here as we close out the season uh definitely want to start more towards the front run good heat races qualify better but definitely top top threes and top fives weekly that's my goal um definitely making the show you know, for a beginner like me sometimes you're fast sometimes you're not but always making the show weekly that's always my goal september we got the big crate show coming up here yeah. with the bowman 50 so that's 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 a tough one you know i'm i'm excited for that and i think i'm starting to get a little bit more experience and uh i got some more laps underneath my belt to where i think we could run pretty good in that race and hopefully we you know finish pretty good so you, you roll out in the heat races and the track's heavy still kind of wet because you know 90 percent of the time we run you guys first mm-hmm then by the time the feature comes, the track's starting to black off and slicken, and it gets even more black by the time you guys are done. How do you, as a driver, adjust from, okay, I'm going to go out on a heavy track to get myself placed in the feature, but then i got to concentrate on a slick track? That's another thing, you know. Just you got to be ready for it. you got to slow yourself down a lot. you got to roll out of the gas. you got to back your entry up whenever it starts to slick up. But my struggles coming from the asphalt is I did a lot better in the slick because I didn't drive it so far in and mm -hmm. it took me forever to really learn the how to turn the car in the traction because it's just so tractioned up in that thing right but I mean it's sometimes it's different sometimes it's the same I mean I, you gotta you just gotta be ready for so you you prefer the track at feature time way better than you do it during the heats and right? man I love the track when it's slick it's so racy that's, that's what everybody says I, <laughs> some people i mean i like whenever i mean it's fun around the top you know when it's tractioned up and i mean you just got to get up on the wheel and be an animal but i think i personally think 
you know, what makes you a real good driver is when you drive good in the slick. Because it's, I think it's a lot harder to finesse, you know, finesse the bottom. Try right. finessing the bottom one time, you know. You might be able to beat that cushion down, but finesse that bottom or that middle and keep your momentum up. Sometimes that's what makes you a better driver, too. Well, I think you just nailed it right there with that because yeah. I think I think what so many drivers sometimes miss, and, and, you know, and everybody's got where they're most comfortable, is that ability, you know, I can go hit the high side and run it, or, you know, I'm going to be right around those uke tires. But what you've said two or three times is, hey, I got to read the track. The track changes. My mm-hmm. entry points, my marks may change. The best drivers don't have a style they run where the track tells them to go run i mean when when you look at what kyle larson has done on dirt whether it's in the late model the midget the sprint car over the last year and a half it's what he does he goes where the the line needs to be he can't even run the national anthem slow no 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 didn't he turn like three or four miles <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> dude dude couldn't even <laughs> put around for the national anthem but but yeah, yeah i mean i think when you look at the best it's what they're able to do is they're able to figure out where the track is telling them to mm-hmm. go run and then go find it. that's what makes them guys so good like i remember watching i think it was the chili bowl when kyle larson was running and i mean he moved he'd move to the top before everybody would or he'd move to the bottom before everybody would and that was the fastest groove and you know he could see that before anybody else could and i mean that's pretty crazy to me yeah he's special (laughs) i mean that's he just he's got it figured out man that's dope yeah he is honestly and and we've said that on here before and and i never in my life thought i would say it because you know growing up and hearing the stories of aj Foyt and what Foyt did growing up and being a Tony Stewart fan and arguing forever that Stewart was the goat to me because he could run it in anything, anywhere, anytime and be successful. It's hard for me to sit here and not say Larson is yeah. hands down. Got it. I mean, he, I agree. He's I think got something he could get in anything. I think you put him on a horse in the Kentucky Derby. He wins it next year. <laughs> I mean, I'm, he's I'm on that level, you know. I mean, I'm betting on him. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh heck yeah! And he's the right size for a jockey. That's what too, I'm so. yeah, he, he wouldn't even be too tall. <laughs> so he could definitely <laughs> jump in. Hey, we're going to uh, take our second break here for our sponsors. We'll be right back with Indiana Pro Late Model Driver Alan Etzel, and we're going to let him shout out his sponsors and thank everybody that helps him get to the track. Do you have storm damage to a tree or trees in your yard? A stump from a tree you cut down years ago that's become an eyesore in your yard. A tree that continues to creep over your pool, house, or driveway. Give our friends at Kane's Tree Service a call today for a free estimate on tree trimming, tree removal, or stump removal. They're fully insured and have the experience for any job. Don't continue wishing you'd get those trees or stumps taken care of. Call Kane's Tree Service today at 812-344-5917. Have you heard of Fresh Prince? If not, let me give you a player tip. Fresh Prince is our number one source for anything branding. Shirts, sweatshirts, quarter zips, they can do them all and personalize them to tell your story. If you're looking to outfit a team, youth group, school organization, family reunion, or even a mildly successful podcast branding, let Dustin and his team at Fresh Prince help you look your best. Looking for something different? A personalized bag, blanket, animal apparel? Yep, they can help you do it. Do you have a case of writer's block? Is that perfect design eluding you? Try their online design tool they are available to help. That's the service you can expect from Fresh Prince. Since 2011, Fresh Prince has been here to help you brand whatever team you're a part of. They're located in southern Indiana but are available online. It's easy to find them. Just Google Fresh Prince. That's Prince with a Z. Don't forget the Z. That's Fresh Prince, keeping you looking fresh since 2011. This episode is presented by Thirsty Goat Entertainment www.thirstygoatent.com and shopthirstygoat.com and we are back here again live with alan etzel and alan we uh we ask everybody every week when we have them on here to definitely thank those that help them get to the track and support them and uh, so i want to give you a chance here to shout out all those people uh first and foremost you know i gotta thank my dad for everything he does for me uh just day in day out he's always there for me he's my main supporter he's always helped me with everything 
he's pushed me he's made me you know who i am today i've i've shadowed my dad you know through the years and he's definitely my my hero um bobby at all american he's if you need any type of mechanic work all the way from oil changes to you know you want to put a big block in your volkswagen he'll do it <laughs> i'm just saying uh you look you know, good in the volkswagen if it had a big block in it <laughs> he, he can do it he can <laughs> bobby's tough uh dj at saw good for helping us out this year uh slicker you know hooking us up with some some graphics and, you know that's it you know my my mom my girlfriend my aunt my uh my grandma they're all watching back at home <laughs> they're excited but that's pretty much it well, you you saved it i sometimes we got to remind some yeah. guys don't forget mom yeah i can't forget mom oh yeah I'll, i gator man he's <laughs> old gator bait he, he knows what he's doing he's i wouldn't be where i'm at if it wasn't for gator he's he's an awesome guy i really look up to him he's he's he, i mean he's a special guy uh joe gotzi for i mean these guys have all taught me how to drive they've they've all really took me underneath their wing and showed me how to drive chad stapleton for we might be going a little too far now yeah you can't nah. get, you can't give the anti-role model any credit man <laughs> yeah. he's helped me a bunch so. he showed him you know the last few times we've seen chad he's ended up on his lid so he showed him the yeah. proper way to yeah. roll back over so uh <laughs> <laughs> and Chad now owns the slowest rollover in the history of Brownstone. That's Speedway. a fact. That is true. Thing took seven minutes to get over on yeah. its lid. Really? No, nah, uh, it wasn't that long. But it was. It was a long. Like it teetered. You're like, like it, is it going to roll over or not? There. On it top it of just turn got four. on the brink and kind of held there, and then finally it just rolled over. Like it was. <laughs> If I was him, he he had to be thinking just get over so I can get back on the right side yeah. and get going again. Um. But no, like, and I think that's the coolest thing we talk about all the time in the racing world and is not only, A, it's a family down in the pits and guys will give you parts so you can go continue to race with them and compete against them, but they also want to see the next generation get better. And when yeah. you talk about guys like Gator and Joe Gotze and Chad Stapleton, they they could easily hold on to all their knowledge and everything they've got and, and go to the grave with it but it wouldn't help the sport and in the long run so many guys in mm -hmm. racing are about the longevity of the sport and it's just a cool thing to be a part of it, it truly is it's it's awesome to be you know somebody that you could teach you know being being around gator and him showing you the tricks and showing you you know the ropes of everything and chad and joe you know people you know what you think why why are they telling like why are they trying to help me you know oh yeah i mean why i don't know like it's just it's it's awesome it's cool but it's it's definitely something i'm just impressed that you know i don't know if chad told me to do something i'd trust it right off the bat i'd probably get a second opinion <laughs> at least but we might know a different chad too so <laughs> no no nothing nothing but love to chad so even though he won't ever come on our show no no too busy you know, you ask us how we get our, our the people we interview. We've asked him twenty times. He's well, he's been scheduled three or four times and not yeah, made it. Then he cancels on us. So that's how he rolls. You, don't, I don't think he ever knows what he's doing. I would agree <laughs> with that as well. Would agree with that. And uh, I do want to give a shout out to you know you brought up uh, last weekend uh, Tyler Collins picking up the win there in the Ted Collins Memorial. Also, shout out to Steve Peden on the win at Paragon yes. for the Indiana Pro Late Models. Um, you know, I, those that may not know that are listening to the show, Steve uh, cut his chops at Paragon. Yeah. Um, coming up in the street uh, street stocks there, super stocks, um, you know, and, and really built his racing career there. And uh, so I know it was an important one for him to get the chance to go back to Paragon and pick up the win there in the crates as well. And um, I need to look. Matt, do you know off the top of your head what is, what's the points look like right now? I do not know off the top of my head. I don't either. I so. don't know if some people realize that, you know, he competed with – Jamie Wilson with UMP uh, points there yeah. in the super stocks. I, I think some people don't realize that you know he was right up in the top, down to thirty eight points now uh, between Tyler Neal. Tyler Neal at twenty six ninety nine, Steve Peden at twenty six sixty one. So thirty eight points there between Who first and second. Boy, this is going to get me in trouble because I, I don't uh -oh. have a good I don't have a good way either way. I'm I'm going to abstain right now. 
I'm not going to pick. If I was picking right now, I would go with the Ty- I would go Tyler Neal on the 38 point cushion. I just I think that's it's hard to beat him, man. It's, Especially it, when he gets around that bottom. And Steve, man, he's been hot and he's good, but uh, but yeah, but it's definitely a two man race uh, because uh, right now in third, Zach Burton um, running well, Robert Rainey fourth, Justin Bowling fifth, uh, Keaton Streveland sixth, Shelby Miles seventh, Austin Burton eighth. Colton Sullivan ninth and Alan Magner in tenth, um, and obviously Shelby not been able to run with this series uh, the last few races. And again, uh, we want to send our our thoughts to Ray Humphrey and um, everything he's got going on. It was a really cool picture I saw the yes. other day of of him up and walking, yeah. and uh, so glad to see he is doing better. Hey, I want to give a shout out to Bowling. Also, I was hard on him for his purchase there, but. Uh... <laughs> Last time we was at Brownstown, he won a heat race and started on the front row of the feature event. So uh, that's got to be a milestone for him, too, because you know, he's still learning the sport, too. So. And, and getting better every week. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Alan, I'm going to ask you this before we go, because the crazy thing is, is and it always happens when we do these shows, we're almost an hour in to our conversation already. Uh, it seems to fly by here. But when you look back, you know, growing up, and obviously you've, you've talked about your dad being your hero, but – who were some of those other drivers that you you looked up to in their style and how they drove and those kind of things? That's a tough question because looking, well, just I've learned so much. I'm still learning about the dirt stuff, you know, the drivers and the big races and the big paying races. But before I knew anything about, about dirt, um, I think I really I like I like Jeff everybody likes Jeff Gordon I think <laughs> dad that a lot of him a lot of it came, came from my dad though because he was a big Jeff Gordon fan he was that, my favorite too that's just coming from asphalt because I never knew anything about dirt I didn't even know who Scott Bloomquist or anybody was I only I mean I just learned that not did too you long know ago. Gordon's dirt history a little bit about the midgets just, okay yeah, yeah uh, he, he dominated Florence and Bloomington and mm-hmm. really in a sprint car yeah I really just looked up to dad forever, but I mean, that's, and I'm not saying you needed someone else. There is nothing wrong. My dad's my hero as well. So there's nothing wrong with that. I was just curious who some of those other guys were. Some, there's a couple of figure eight guys. Uh, I, I watched Austin Tunney a bunch mm-hmm. whenever I was at speed drum all the time. He was just super good in that figure eight car. Austin, Mark, all the Tunnies are they're hard to beat in, the, in them figure eight cars. They really are. Eddie Van Meter, he's tough. Just all them guys. That's that's all you see. That's all you know is from Speedrome. And is it crazy to you? And, and I, this isn't knocking any of those guys, but knowing the success some of those guys have seen at the the Speedrome, to see how hard the transition is to dirt because. You know, they've got talent. I'm not taking anything away from them, but those steps to figure out how to run on dirt. The it, the dirt is definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. It's a learning life. experience. The, the dirt late model, or the modified. I, I really think a modified's harder to drive than a late model. Oh, I would agree. I, People have said that. I'm serious. Yeah. And I've, I've never, I've never taught. Well, I, I know one guy, he races a super stock. Uh, his name's Troy. But. I, I don't really know very much about the, the the stock side of things, but the only thing I really know is the modified and the late model, and I know there's a big difference in the driving styles from the late model to the the modified. But it's hands down the the hardest thing I've ever did racing wise, but also mental, and in, in my whole life, I mean just learning it. We're well, just talking about hitting your marks. That changes lap to lap. Like yeah. you come back around, the track's different than when it was before. And you know, watching those big time guys, especially when you're out front, you kind of got to rely on your guys throwing the sticks. Because I mean, if they're telling you to move up, you know, you move up. I mean, it's just crazy. It's really crazy. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. That's cool to hear. That's really cool to hear, and a really cool perspective. Well, Alan, I want to tell you this: we're really excited that you're part of the Indiana Pro Late Models and racing with us at Brownstown every week. Yeah. And uh, I've said this to a lot of people that have come on here and but you know for 18 years old man you you've got a future in this sport not just because of your talent but the way you carry yourself um you know the way you've you've handled yourself here and answering questions the respect you have not just for 
um, obviously your family, but the sport, the guys in it. Um, telling you what, man, very, very impressive young man, and you're, you're going to do some pretty big things. I've got no doubt about that. I really appreciate you saying that stuff, and I'm a huge family man. I mean, I, I roll with my family no matter what. But the opportunity you guys gave me today, uh, the, the connection I think we've all had this, this time, you know, with this interview and getting to know each other, mm-hmm. I've, I've really enjoyed myself. I've had a lot of fun. And Good. I want to thank you guys a bunch for having me on. And, I mean, this is a huge – you guys don't know how much this means to me. You really don't. <laughs> well, and it's funny. It, we laugh not because – I appreciate that more than you know. Oh, yeah. When we started this, and, and some people that obviously have listened for a while know this, it was literally a card table – um, and two microphones um, that we started with, and you know, we ne- we thought it was just going to be us. We didn't, we didn't think, think there was ever any show chance. Up. The drivers, yeah. yeah, we didn't think there was any chance anyone would drive to spend an hour with us to talk. And like I said, you know, you drove down today from Indianapolis, and I even told you like we could figure out something virtually if we wanted to, but you're like, no, man, you're cool. Right, we'll come down. And so that to us, mm-hmm. you don't know what it means to us either because no matter you're 18 years old we're still kids at heart and every driver that goes out there and puts on a show for us is our hero so um we love it like we've never had the chance or the skill to sit in a seat uh so this is how we stay attached to the sport and like i said man nothing but respect for you and appreciation for what you do so that's super cool man i mean i'm sorry but the it might be different for other drivers but you know being a part of the indiana pro late models and seeing that you can oh you know have have an opportunity to go do an interview or something i mean that's huge that's awesome that that's really awesome i mean it's a that's all we ever dream about is you know being interviewed or doing something with your racing career have just having an opportunity to just sit down with a couple of guys and talk about the racing (laughs) i mean that's i think it's huge May, I might be wrong. We, we do, too. You know, that's why we started it. Yeah, you know? we, we <laughs> it was like, let's see if we can get people to talk with us, you know. And this is episode 124 today. That's cool. This is this is 124 of these things that we've put out. I remember when we started, you said most podcasts don't make it. 80% of podcasts that start quit before five episodes. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's the statistically they start and they quit before five episodes. And uh, we're at 124 today. So man, I really hope you guys just take off like rocket ships. And I, <laughs> I really, I hope, I love to see my buddies do awesome and make it big time. And I consider this big time. You guys might <laughs> hey, not, we, but and here's the deal. I mean, that's what we feel like we're big time. And I don't mean that like cocky. Like we feel like we're big time because our goal was always yes. We love when we get the chance to talk to a Chase Briscoe and a Bobby Pierce and Billy Moyer Jr. But our goal always was to be able to take the local guy and give them the same treatment the dirt on dirt and some of these other places give mm-hmm. the national touring guys and you know our our kind of tagline at at dirt to media is taking taking local racing worldwide and it's the same thing we want to do here with the podcast yeah. is we want local guys to get exposure across the country the best we can because you know we appreciate it man if you guys don't show up on saturday night we don't have a racetrack anymore and um we want to keep racing for as long as we absolutely can. I I think it's doing pretty good, and I think it's just going to get better. I yeah. really think so. The racing side, but definitely on the Dirt 2 media and the the interview side, I, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing, and I can't appreciate it. I, I can't appreciate you guys enough for everything. I mean, I, I, will, I will always, always hold you guys close to my heart. I really will because I cool. think this is pretty cool. That means a lot, man. We oh, wish yeah. you the best of luck. Uh and trust me, uh, the first time that you end up in Victory Lane, I know this guy will be there at Brownstown, but I'll, I'll make sure I come down You'll just to, to uh, celebrate with you. It's going to be crazy down there, I tell you that. <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure it will. It will. I promise you that. All right, guys, and uh, thanks for joining us. And if don't forget, tomorrow night, Thursday night, fun, thunder, thunder, Thursday night, thunder, and the inaugural Don Gardner Memorial um, there at Brownstown Speedway. And then turn around on Saturday night, it's the Grand Champion uh, Fair Race there. The uh, Paul Crockett Memorial. Paul Crockett Memorial. And uh, always, you know, we were talking before we went on air. The fair races just have a different feel. I'm not putting mm-hmm. down any weekly racing, but 
fair races are a big deal when it comes to Brownstown Speedway. And uh, well, the whole grounds come alive. You yeah, know, it's like it, you guys was wondering what all the barns were for. You're, you're going to see because uh, we've never know, been there. For you know, the maybe race. come yeah, a, this come is, a little early. You know, walk the midway, walk through all the barns, and uh, I mean, it, it's pretty cool. And like you said, you get people who don't come to the racetrack any other night, but the fair races. The fair races. And they'll be there every year. So That's pretty cool. I'm excited. It'll be a cool deal. So make sure you get out to Brownstown Speedway this weekend. Support the fair. Support the fair races. Uh, and we'll be back next week. Uh, don't know who our guest is going to be yet, but we'll figure that out and get somebody down. And um, got, I got a couple of feelers out. I just haven't got anything back yet. Good. So good so uh but right here same time 8 p.m next wednesday night thank you guys and we wish you the best